Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss Sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at Brad.logan at Loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at Brad Logan C O T E. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now from the vault. To the pavilion, to Swayze Field. It's all Ole Miss, all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. Let's go! Let's go! Today's Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. Excited to welcome our new co-host to our weekly show, former Rebels Shea Hodge and Mike Espy, former wide receivers for the Ole Miss Rebels, and we're so excited that they're going to be joining us each and every week for the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. Be sure to follow Shea right now on Twitter, at Shea Hodge 3, and Mike Espy at ESPN3 all day. Shea currently is a football coach in the Jackson, uh, Mississippi metro area. And Mike is, of course, a trainer of so many athletes. And we'll hear all about what they're up to right now. Talk about the past a little bit. Talk about the future. And there's some great stories about how both were recruited to Ole Miss. Thankful for our sponsor today, Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, which just started, by the way, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device, and you can join and make your very first sports bet. Use that promo code BLEAVE, B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And thanks very much for subscribing to the podcast channel. That's at Believe in Ole Miss. And downloading, reviewing, that's always appreciated. We're continuing to grow, and we're so excited to have Shay and Mike join the Believe in Ole Miss podcast family. Have any questions? I'm at Brad Logan COT on Twitter. You can shoot me a direct message there or shoot us an email at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com. Of course, you can get the podcast anywhere that you get your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. We are wherever you get your podcasts. 
And now, so excited to welcome aboard Shea Hodge and Mike Espy, former Rebel wide receivers, right here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast on the Believe Network. Today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas Casino and Poker Games. It's really easy to get started. Just head on over to the website, use your mobile device, and sign up today. Use our promo code Believe50, B L E A V 50, and receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. But online, where the game starts. It is a place which exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life. A major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than friendships. Moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged and triumphs savored. With our largest freshman class, soaring honors college, national reputation for academics and research, our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical place home, you never leave Ole Miss. Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Whether it's touchdown Ole Miss or showers and right, it's all Ole Miss all the time. And now back to the show. Touchdown Ole Miss. There are no flags. 85 huge yards. Manning from the shotgun. Right over the middle. Has it complete at the 10. At the 5. Touchdown Mike Espin. And welcome in, everybody, to the Believe It Ole Miss podcast right here on the Believe Network. Excited is an understatement because today we've got two of the greats that wore the Ole Miss uniform. We'll be coming to you every single week at some point, kind of working out some kinks, but two great wide receivers that played for Ole Miss, Shea Hodge, Mike Espy. They join me uh, today as we have our very first Believe It Ole Miss podcast together. Shea, Mike, thanks very much for coming on the show. Thanks for having us, man. Good to be here. 
Same, same. Thanks for having us. Man, it's awesome. Shay, let's start with you. It, it, it's been exciting to kind of follow you after your career, but tell us a little bit about when you finished up in the Rebel uniform, uh, what you had going on. Um, Right out to college, um, went to what? Uh, Washington, then to um, Cincinnati, then on to, um, after that, play a little arena ball, trying to get back to it, trying to get back to the NFL. Um, Played arena, then um, CFL for like, <clears throat> I went to training camp at CFL, but it was like a long journey of trying to get my knee fixed. You know, I had um, missing college. Actually, the year I broke the record, so I was like on a little journey. So then after that, you know, I got into, uh, I had to go, I went and work construction, then <laughs> went on to um, start coaching. You know, I started more than as a volunteer, you know, moved on to uh, 707, uh, real competitive 707, then um where else did I go? Then I went on to Provine as offensive coordinator after that, then to Hillcrest as a head coach the next year. And then I went into training uh, full-time as a um, personal trainer slash performance coach. Um, and then now I'm at JA as a wide receiver coach. So quite the journey. But now all of a sudden you played wide receiver at Ole Miss. You were in the league, did some things outside of the league and now you're back coaching wide receivers. It's been quite the journey. What have you kind of learned along the way that you can kind of relate to the kids uh, that you're coaching now? <clears throat> um, I think I learned a lot of, about adversity. You know, I thought it was going to be a straight, narrow road, um, come from a small town, but I always pretty much dominate. So I always had visions of being in the NFL, you know, and then, <clears throat> you know, for it to come back around and now that's what I'm doing for a living you know it's been it's like crazy you know to be in this position and and you know I thank God for it and try to give the kids everything I can you know it it, it really helps me by going through that adversity because they're going to face adversity you know to piggyback back around they're going to go through adversity so that's something I really teach and then you know the life lessons I learned you know you know how teammates interact with other teammates and how <clears throat> certain guys with certain ways and you know trying to Find that with your team, you know, that you got now. You know, you always relate that way with them. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun and it's exciting, you know. I'm loving what I'm doing. Man, that's awesome. And, Mike, you know, watching you uh, play at Ole Miss and had such a wonderful career just like Shay did, what kind of happened after you left Ole Miss? And then tell us about what's going on now. So, when I left Ole Miss, <laughs> hey, first off, let me let me say – Listen, on this kickoff episode, it's Shay's birthday today. So we gotta What a great day. We gotta <laughs> we gotta wish him a happy birthday today. We sure happy will birthday, sir. Happy birthday to you, sir. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, guys. All right, so man, when I when I left Ole Miss, um I got picked up by the Washington Redskins. Um, you know, I got to spend some time with some great guys like Santana Moss, Brandon Lloyd. Antoine Randall and of course the late Sean Taylor. Um, I spent three years with there. Um, then I had a season-ending knee injury. Yeah, first injury I've, I've first significant injury I've had in my entire life. Uh, but it's the one that took me out of the game. Um, you know, after after I got hurt, I was you know working out trying to get my knee back right, and it did. It it got back to be stronger and healthier than ever. But at the time. It was a not a common knee injury. I tore my patella tendon. Uh, so it wasn't a common knee injury. So teams were scared of it. It's more common now. Teams were scared of it. I worked out with a couple of teams. Make a long story short, didn't work out with any of those teams. Um, so then I kind of had to 
to do some 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 self checking and and see what I wanted to do with my life because obviously football was such a significant part of my life. So you know, I I went to what what I care for and want to do the most, and honestly, that's helping people. So um, you know, I sat back and I got a lot of my training certifications, and I went into training, and and from that that led to me get into a situation um, where I was able to train a lot of kids, a lot of adults. And then that translated to training more kids and then getting into the seven on seven scene. And ultimately I'm running my own performance training uh, down here in Jackson. And I, I have, uh, I've had the fortune to, to train a lot of people, uh, a lot of guys, a lot of top guys, a lot of not so top guys. Um, and so I just love giving back, giving what I didn't have growing up. I had to travel out of state when I was a kid to get the type of training that we provide right here in Jackson, Mississippi. And what I think is really cool that, that I've heard and, and the, the people listening to the show will hear is that both of you learn from your experiences, not only growing up, but you learned in college and then what happened after college and you're both giving back. And I think that's what's really cool. I encourage everyone listening to follow Shay on Twitter. He's at Shay Hodge, S-H-A-Y-H-O-D-G-E-3, at Shay Hodge 3. And, of course, Mike's at ESPN 3 all day. And that is uh, those two Twitter handles. And you guys have had some doing great work right now outside the game. I know you stay very close to the high school athletes, not only in Mississippi, but the surrounding area. Kind of flipping the script over to Ole Miss just for a little bit. This and you know we could talk all day, and, and I think it'd be great just to kind of bring up a couple things from the past, talk about a little bit, a few things from the future, and then uh, kind of do that every single week. So I'd like to talk about the future just for a moment. Lane Kiffin and the staff focusing on and some really good recruits in the state of Mississippi. I know you guys are really have a lot of boots on the ground, and and it, it feels like this year Ole Miss is recruiting the state a lot harder than it has in the past. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. I think that in the past there was a little bit of a tendency, at least from the outside perspective, that they were kind of getting a lot more out-of-state guys or they were interested in a lot of more out-of-state guys. But the crop is thick here in Mississippi uh, with guys, you know, commit, Ole Miss commits. Like like I train Aiden Williams, Shea trains uh, Sunterine Perkins. You know, guys like that are, that are committed to Ole Miss and – not only that, it's a lot more out there. I think that, I don't know, maybe they're, I'm not trying to say that they're realizing something they didn't realize before, but Ole Miss, I mean, excuse me, Mississippi is talented with kids, period. <clears throat> um, I would like to think that it ranks right up there with any other state in the, in the country in terms of talent, and I'm loving to see that they really are digging in hard trying to get those guys out of Mississippi. And, Shay, I want to uh... – talk to you just for a moment about Sunterine Perkins what makes him so special because so many programs across the country are just enamored with him as a as a high school football player what makes him so special I would say his physicality um but you know a lot of guys are physical but like he just got it all man you know he's tall he's like a <clears throat> throwback linebacker but he actually have the movement like I remember when he was a freshman well actually he was like in eighth grade on our 707 team and I had the number one player in the state, Deion Smith, um, played wide receiver at Provine. 
Um, this kid used to guard him, you know, way back when he was in eighth grade, he was guarding Dion. Dion was probably like in the 10th grade, maybe 11th grade. And Dion would like, you know, catch a lot of balls on him, but like he was so young and competing, like everybody kind of seen it. Like Demario Davis pointed it out first, you know, Santorini saying he was going to be special. I always heard about him as a kid. So, you know, for him to pan out and then once I seen him in eighth grade and I seen his film and seeing how he can cut, I don't know, man, he just can do it all. You know, he's just a throwback type of player to me. He plays hard, you know, he's very physical. And um, I just feel like he got, got all the measurables, man. He can jump too, you know. That's how he was to, he used to defend Dion. So I don't know, it's a lot of things you can say that makes him special, but I just think his physicality, you know, along with his skill set as far as how he can move, you know. He plays running back for his team and make those cuts and, you know, slicing the defense. So, man, I don't know, man. It's just a lot of things that make him special, honestly. And, Mike, you talked about a player that Ole Miss fans are incredibly excited about, and that's Aiden Williams, the wide receiver out of Ridgeland High School. What makes Aiden so much better than a lot of his competitors? A lot of the same qualities that Shay just said about um, Centurion, uh, Aiden possesses as well. He's strong. He's fast and he's physical. Um, you know, he has all the measurables, man. His height, weight from for a high school player and his ability, his ball skills to go up and get the ball. I think that obviously he's going to finish out this season and he's going to have a whole summer to get ready for ball. I think he's going to be day one ready. I think he's going to be ready to step in and fill in the shoes. Uh I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna immediately say that he's gonna be able to step in like a to a Mingo's shoes. I'm not gonna say that, but I will say that he will get to that point very fast, faster than we all may think. So he's a he's a special kid. Talking about recruiting, I'd like to go back to when you guys were recruited to Ole Miss. Uh Shay, what led you to Ole Miss and in what particular coach or what particular I don't know offense or anything like that what made you decide to come to Ole Miss I think it was kind of decided early on <clears throat> I Deuce McCallis is from where I'm from and as a child growing up you know he was uh he set the standard and I always had to hear his name growing up and saying I wouldn't be like him and you know it was just hard to live up to what he done like he was like a um I don't know what you want to call a superhero the way it was, the way he did everything. So it was hard to come up that way. So then, you know, when I got to high school, I used to watch him on TV and play at Ole Miss. And I, I was like, you know, one day I was like, man, what if I get to play there? You know, and I really started to take football really serious because I was a basketball player at first. And I was like, you know, so once they offered, man, I was all all aboard. You know, only thing that could have took me away was probably basketball. You know, I had a lot of scholarships in basketball. But um, ultimately, I can say Deuce was. But um, if we speaking of coaches, man, Tony Hughes, you know, he was big. You know, he related with my mom and everything. But uh, the deal was already done with me. I mean, they just done a good job with my parents, um, especially Coach O. Like, Coach O was it. Like, the way, man, he could just motivate you, man. I wanted to go play for him. I followed USC when USC was really good. My best friend loved USC. I liked Texas when Texas beat them. So, but even back then, you know, right, right when I was going to college, right before I was going to college, rather. <clears throat> so I watched all his, you know, that he had some success, even though he wasn't the head coach, but I knew he helped recruit him. You know, I was all into recruiting and everything. So my deal was pretty easy, but um, I would say Deuce McAllister, uh, Coach Hughes, and then, you know, Coach O put the icing on the cake. He was just it and who I wanted to play for. And we had a great relationship then and still have a great relationship now. So, you know, I cherish it and, and loved it all, man. Mike, same question to you. Uh, back in the day, what 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 led you to, to Oxford? Man, listen, when I was coming out 
Um, I was a big Florida State fan. I was a big Florida State guy. I was uh, obviously a Bobby Bowden guy. Uh, Peter Wart was my favorite player. Uh, and then after that, it was Tennessee. Uh, I was a peerless price guy. Um, and then I would probably say that Ole Miss at the moment, at the time, early on, was my third choice. But uh, as they started recruiting me, uh, Mike McIntyre, he recruited me uh, – and he and my mom literally became inseparable to the point where I'm I come home and they're just on the phone talking and I'm and I'm you know I'm a kid I got a lot of schools calling and and you know just being honest I'm kind of passing the buck off not talking to a lot of schools and here my mom is just taking these calls from Mike McIntyre and just having a good old time in conversation so as a kid it was a little bit annoying uh considering everything that was going on but at the same time if you got my mom all right well you, you got me um and then you know beyond that excuse me at, before that chris spencer and i went to the university of tennessee and we committed we committed to tennessee on our official visit after that we went excuse me one thing that phil former said i might throw a little salt out here one thing that Phil Former said to me about David Cutcliffe was, and this was after we committed, he said, Mike, if I ask David Cutcliffe to come here and to be my assistant, don't you think he'd do it? All right. And so me, if you really know me, I'm the type of guy that once you start talking about somebody else, you kind of lost me. Because I'm a guy, I want you to talk about yourself. Like, you don't have to talk negatively about anybody else. No negative recruiting start speaks positively about yourself. And that's the one thing that Ole Miss did. They never spoke negative on anything or anybody else. They always spoke about what they would do with me within their system. Uh, and then, obviously, they had Eli call me. And when they had Eli call me, man, you might as well have just told me to sign on the dotted line because that was, that was the, the, the final draw to get me in. Let's go back to when both of you played. And, Shay, I'll start with you. Uh, can you give me just one moment that you'll always remember, one thing that will live with you until you're rocking in your chair when you're 85 <laughs> years old and you tell your grandkids about when you played football at Ole Miss? Easily beating Tim Tebow, having an 86-yard touchdown, you know, to ultimately win the game. And um, I could even brag to my, you know, when I'm that old, to my ch- uh, grandchildren that I made. I made him make the speech. <laughs> if I'm being selfish and thinking about it, you know, I would always think about that game, man. That game was special. It was on my daughter's birthday. My daughter had passed away when she was three years old. So that game was really special, like, in multiple ways, you know, for honoring her. You know, I almost wasn't going to play in the game because, like, I, for some reason, my knee was just hurting really, really bad. And right before game time, it started to feel, you know, good enough where I felt like I could play. And ended up was, wasn't even going to play in the game. But then I played and – had that great game, three catch, 133 yards. Man, I'll never forget it. Um, you know, and then, you know, beating Tebow. So that's two things at one time, man. I'll never forget it. And I'll be honest with you, um, Shay, I, I know exactly where I was when when, when that happened. <laughs> because, you know, just like you, I mean, Ole Miss was not favored going into that game. And so uh, to, to have that, that game come about, and, and I can remember – as open as you were, and I was just following the ball the entire way, and, and just like all the Ole Miss fans, it was uh, it was quite a euphoric moment for everyone. And I, uh, same question to you. I know you had a number of, of career days in an Ole Miss uniform, but what kind of stands out to you the most? I would say in the 2003 season, um, when we went to the Cotton Bowl, 
Um, you know, it was the – man, I think I read somewhere the other day, it was the first 10-win season in Ole Miss history since the 70s. And, um, you know, the Cotton Bowl, when I scored that touchdown, I ran like a skinny post. And Eli kind of hung it up there for me. And, uh, you know, I kind of awkwardly jumped up and had to body catch that ball to secure it and come down and catch the ball. It's memorable for me in a lot of ways. One of them, obviously, because it was a significant catch in the game, the touchdown that put us up, that ultimately helped us to win the game. But um, in that game, the first play of the game, uh, typically in that year, every first play came to me. And in that game, I ran a dig route on the first play of the game, and Eli threw it to me, and I dropped it. And I don't know, man, it was a lot of – I had a lot of energy going, a lot of juices flowing, and maybe I was a little bit too hyped, and, and I dropped it. And Eli came to me and said, hey, man, I'm coming – get your mind right, I'm coming back to you. Uh, so I was – when I caught that ball, I was a little bit more emotional uh, than I typically was in games, and uh, but it was because of all those elements were going on. It was a significant, significant game, an important game. I dropped the first play of the game, and then I got my opportunity to make up for it, and and I did, and and that was that along with some other things were very memorable, but that was probably the most. Both of you played for great quarterbacks that are in the record books all over them, and. Shay, of course, uh, you play with Jevin Sneed, and Jevin uh, no longer with us, but was a heck of a quarterback as an Ole Miss Rebel, the transfer out of Texas. You caught a lot of balls for him, and, uh, boy, he was a good quarterback. Yeah, man, I feel like he's one of the most talented quarterbacks to play in Ole Miss history. Um, I was blessed to play with him. You know, I played with two quarterbacks before him, not to say anything bad about them, <clears throat> but we struggled, you know, and for somebody to solidify that position was big for me, you know, for me to be able to get um, – catch passes and being in the record books, you know, that was huge. Um, I created a lot of my success to him. Like, um, he he was a really good quarterback, and I hate what happened with him. And um, loving him to death and was um, honored to play with him, man. What made him so special, Shay? What, you know, I mean, it just felt like he was a winner, to be honest with you. It just felt like when he took the field, he had command of that field. What made him so good? Man, he was a leader. Man, he was a real deal leader. Like he led his troops. Um, he was he was talkative. Like he wasn't over talk. He like he didn't over talk, but like he was talkative. Um, but like talent wise, he, he had a cannon. Like this dude could throw the ball so hard, and it was a nice tight spiral. He was pretty accurate. Other than when he would miss high at times, but he was pretty accurate for the most part. Man, like he he could throw the ball really hard. His arm strength was way better. <clears throat> no disrespect to Eli, but he used to come in the summer, and like I felt like Jevin Spire was like way tighter, and he threw it like way harder. And I was like shocked by that. You know, I was like, dang, he was in the NFL, and he's just a college kid. So I thought he had a um, brighter future than what happened. Um, you know, I think he came out the wrong time, but like he was very talented. He had a lot of arm strength. And Mike, we know all the accolades that Eli had, both at Ole Miss and in the NFL with the Giants, and the Super Bowl MVP and all that good stuff. Tell us a little bit about playing with Eli in the collegiate game and it just kind of him being a leader in the huddle, but almost kind of being a silent leader. You know what I mean? He, he did not he, – he didn't talk a ton, but I know he was a big leader for you guys. You know, he, he had a lot – he had a lot of the attributes, has a lot of the attributes that Shay just described about Jevin. Straight-up leader, man. And, and when I say leader, you're right. He didn't talk that much. He was definitely a leader by example, 
But when he had something to say to you, he he let you know. And he was the kind of player that he set the example for us. And when he spoke, we listened. When we were in the huddle in front of 70 plus thousand fans rocking the stadium all loud, there was a man who came in that huddle and he was very commanding by his presence. And we all listened. Um, you know, he was a, a, a guy who, when he spoke to you, you believed that he believed in you. And, you know, as a player, um, as a coach now, and as a trainer and coaching kids, being able to express to a kid that I believe in them by not just words, but by actions, that's what Eli would do. <clears throat> I guess maybe, I don't know if he was trained on it, or subconsciously he would do it and we followed, right? You're he was an alpha male amongst alphas. Um, but beyond that too, man, he also was the biggest prankster. You know, he would I can't we can't maybe we would have to get a a, a different type of advisory for some of the pranks that he did to people, but he was a prankster, man. Like if you ever fell in the in the path of him in terms of some pranks. You better watch out, man. But a great guy, great quarterback, my friend to this day. Uh, I enjoy playing with him. And from a skill set, um, you know, he threw, I would probably describe his balls as uh, very touch. You know, Shay's right. The balls were not coming at you hard and, and like rockets. But he, but he was a quarterback that much respect to quarterbacks after him. But when he left, I missed him. I, I missed him greatly. I think we all missed him greatly, but his presence on and off the field was way more noticeable the day he left and we we had other routes that we went. Taking a look at this 20 uh, 22 football team, obviously the Rebels 7 and 0. There's been some scuttlebutt about how they haven't played anyone, and then you know there's been some arguments that maybe Kentucky's pretty good. At the end of the day, I'd love both your takes on the wide receiver position. Uh, Shay, with Jonathan Mingo kind of leading this wide receiver group, uh, the Rebels have seen an emergence of, of, of Jordan uh, Watkins along with Malik Heath, the transfer out of Mississippi State, and now over the last, I don't know, week or so, Dayton Wade has taken a big step forward. What, what have you seen out of this wide receiver group this year? <clears throat> Man, I feel like they so deep. <clears throat> and people think that we can't throw the ball at Ole Miss because we're not like trying to light up the scoreboard. I mean, not the scoreboard, the stats. You know, in the past department, because we're running the ball so well, but that receiving core, like, is is magnificent. Like, it's, I feel like we got the mixture of everything we need there. You know, um, I'll start with the first name you mentioned, like Jordan. Like, I remember when Deion Smith came on the visit, they both went on the visit at the same time. And I remember talking to Jordan, and Jordan said they ran for a three, they played Louisville. And, you know, I was like, dang, if they want him, I'm like, man, that's that's going to be a good addition. You know, any anybody got speed like that, you really want him. And then to see that he actually catch on to the playbook, that he's actually can run routes and get open, you know, so that's huge. Um, let's go. Who you said? Malik Heath. Mike has done a great job with Malik. Mike put a lot of work in with Malik, and Malik is looking excellent. You know, me and Mike went to the game. Which game was – I think it was Kentucky. And um, we told him, man, like – we, I think both of us do the same thing. We're looking at receivers kind of like the whole game and like what are they doing, you know, even when they ain't getting the ball. Because we're running a lot of RPO, so they'll still run a route even though they ain't getting the ball. So me and Mike was watching Malik um, against Kentucky and how he was running his dig routes and how he was getting in and out of his breaks. Like the key was looking magnificent. And so 
you know, it was like <clears throat> at times people like put one over the other. And like me and Mike had this discussion. I was like, man, it's like one A, one B, one game, one gonna be on the other one, the other game they gonna be on, you know. And when they click together, then it's gonna be huge. And then like seeing Dayton Wade doing that, I remember hearing about him before now, you know. And I was wondering like where he was, just like Flash. I heard Flash had a hamstring injury. He's been nursing, so. I was, I, I think back, you know, hearing about Dayton and like, dang, there he go. He he flashes and had one of that great route. I think it was like a um a corner post and like he, man, he lit the dude up. Like it was a magnificent the way he put the move on him. And, you know, seeing that it was fun and seeing those receivers, man, I would love to have that receiver court. You know, I coach receivers in high school and I try to equate my group to groups in college, you know, having different receiver groups like Ohio State and like LSU at one point and like us, you know, in state, you know, I watch state. So, Looking at receiving core, man, I think we got the best receiving core, you know, top to bottom. You know, I think we probably like six guys deep or so, seven maybe. You know, that's huge. Um, and they fun to watch. And um, I'm looking for a lot of success going forward. Yeah, and Mike, you train Malik Heath. Kind of the same question to you. What have you seen uh, Malik transitioning from Mississippi State to Ole Miss and kind of blending into the offense? Look, I agree with Shay, man. I said, I said, and I tweeted it out when the season began, I said, when it's all said and done, the Ole Miss receivers will be the best top to bottom in the league, period. Um, you know, I trained Jonathan Mingo and I trained Maliki. And Shay's right. We do a lot of comparison about them, but they both are dynamic. And, like, we still have not seen their best games yet. Um, you, you couple that with – uh, Dayton Wade, Jordan Watkins, and then you got Flash. You know, one thing I cannot wait to see what Flash can really do. We know he's been he's been haggled by a hamstring injury, um, but I can't wait to see what he can do. And then obviously Jordan Watkins. Jordan Watkins came out. He had a great game. What that was Vanderbilt. He had yeah. Then he had like seven for one seventeen. Yeah. Um, at Vanderbilt, and yeah. obviously he he wears the number eleven. So I love that. Uh, look, they got a great group, man. Like, we are running the balls. We we passed for 448 against Vandy, and then we ran for 448 uh, this past game. When we get all that together and we put together a complete game, um, I think I think that this offense can be pretty unstoppable, man. And before we get you guys out of here, Shape Death Valley coming up on Saturday. You played down there a couple times. Mike, you did as well. What are Ole Miss uh, – what's the best advice you can give players, not necessarily Death Valley, but down in Baton Rouge, but, but playing in an environment like Jackson Dart, who's probably never played in a, a place that's going to be 90,000 screaming fans. I mean, what is, what's some advice you can give some of those players? Um, <clears throat> I, for me, it was my um, me getting older. You know, when I was a freshman, it startled me. Like, I, it probably didn't show to anybody, but, like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, it's so loud out here. You know, as I got older, you know, it wasn't as bad. But, like, I do remember those early days. Like, I never forget, like, I guess, like, old stuff. Like, I remember that because I was like, first I was over, like, dang, you know, watching it on TV and then being in that environment myself. I'm like, man, this is, like, really happening, first off. And then, like, it was so loud. I remember, like, even let's throw it forward, like go forward. My junior year when we beat Tebow and them, it was literally like the video game. Like NCAA when they had those NCAA games out and you couldn't hear, it was literally just like that and it blew my mind. Like man, that game is simulated right because we had to get face mask to face mask and he was having to almost whisper for us to hear him kind of. Like he could, we couldn't hear him. 
And he was like trying to scream, but it was like blending in. I don't know how to explain it. It was weird. It was all weird and um it was fun though. You know, and then the silence them, that was crazy. So that's um dark probably not. You know, compared you said look, like Vanderbilt. Like compared to Vanderbilt, that's like it's no comparison. <laughs> it's like no state like no fans in the stand when you like at Vanderbilt, even if it is fans in the stand, like I've never seen it rocking. You know, other stadiums are always bigger, so it was always like most stadiums were rock rocking. Like I remember South Carolina my senior year. South Carolina on a Thursday, they was, man, they, they had to have the whole stadium rocking. Like, it had to been shaking. Like, it was crazy. So, um, it's it's something to get used to. You know, you know, go, going to LSU early on, Auburn, um, Georgia. We had to go to Georgia in, like, my sophomore year. So, getting used to those stadiums was something, like, that you have to take into account. And it, and it happened for me with getting older. Mike, what are some of the loudest places you played in? Oh, man, I, Auburn. Auburn honestly is was probably well at least what I perceptually remember. Auburn was the loudest, followed by Tennessee and followed by LSU. Um, you know, if if I had any advice for these guys, man, I would, I would say soak it in, soak it in because these are memories. And listen, and I'm talking about beforehand when you're in the game, it's completely different. But these are games that you will remember for the rest of your life. The energy, the atmosphere. Listen, I love playing at Vault Hemingway. I love playing at the Vault. But there's something about going into a hostile territory. And like Shay said, silence in the crowd. Like that is, to me, one of the most um, um, enjoyable feelings of, of being on a football team. When you could go in a hostile territory, a hostile environment, and silence the crowd. I remember when um, we went there, and I, I want to say it was either the 02 or 03, the bus pulled up, and literally the LSU fans were on both sides of the bus rocking the bus. Man, I cannot tell you from a young college player, to me, I don't know if it's my personality or whatever, but how exciting and invigorating that was, and and I cannot wait to get on, off the bus, get on that field. But also, too, with that excitement, lock in, man. You, you got to lock in and you got to focus. But you're going to be in such an expansive and such a big moment. Focus on your job. That's it. If you go out there and you do your one of, one of 11, man, you're going to be fine. Just focus on your job, lock in, soak in the moment, and have fun. Be Shea Hodge at Shea Hodge 3 on Twitter. Mike Espy at ESPN3 all day. They will be co-hosts here on the Believe It Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network each and every week, coming to you at some point during the middle of the week. And now once we get things going, we'll talk about the weeks before, and then we'll talk about the upcoming game. But as for right now, our very first podcast together, it's been a roaring success, and I'm so excited uh, to catch up with you guys and to see how you're doing. But most importantly, get ready for the stretch run. The Rebels are 7-0. and They've got a chance to go 8-0 in that exact place that Mike just talked about, where they shake the bus, where they yell and scream, where they consume copious amounts of alcohol, and it's going to be absolutely wild. I don't care if it is 2.30. It's going to be an insane environment. Shay, thanks very much for joining us. Mike, thank you very much. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, brother. All right. Thank you, man. 
And thanks to both Shay Hodge and Mike Espy for joining us today. They'll be featured every single week here on the Believe It Ole Miss podcast, part of the Believe Network. Be sure and follow Shay Hodge on Twitter. That's at ShayHodge3. And Mike Espy is at ESPN3 all day. A wealth of information. And we're so grateful to have the partnership with both Shay and Mike, two former Rebel great wide receivers. And probably the coolest part of that interview is both of them wildly successful in high school, college, and the professional ranks. They still want to give back, specifically to the state of Mississippi, and that's incredibly cool. We want to thank our sponsor today, Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first market odds and lines. You can find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Head on over to Bet Online today, use your mobile device, and join and make your very first sports bet. Use the promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks, everybody, for downloading, subscribing to the podcast. You can find it anywhere that you get your podcasts. Just search for the Believe in Ole Miss podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening. Coming up tomorrow, it's Leah Van of The Advocate in Baton Rouge to break down the LSU game coming up on Saturday. It's Ole Miss and LSU at 2.30 on CBS. Rebels are 7-0. Can they go to 8-0? We'll know on Saturday. But Leah Van coming up tomorrow right here on the Believe It Ole Miss podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening and telling a friend. Look forward to talking with you soon right here on the Believe It Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. Listening to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. Be sure and check us out on Twitter at Brad Logan COTE and at Believe Podcasts, as well as Facebook, Brad Logan Media. From the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.